Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church Podcast Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Ben Church. Hi, this is Ben, and today I want to talk about the subject of suffering. Now a 20-minute talk or discussion can't barely scratch the surface of that subject, but I have a few things on my mind I'd like to discuss. I tell you that the topic of suffering has been a hotly disputed, expounded upon, debated for the last 2,000 years. Because as we look around, the world is not in a good place. We have to deal with trials and tribulations, obviously the effects of sin in the world. The enemy is at work, rampaging all around us. We have uh, genetic deficiencies that we have to deal with that's passed down and down, and that's an effect of sin. We've got nutritional deficiencies that we have to deal with in our world that causes sickness and suffering and pain. Then we also have free will that we have to deal with. And if you think about it, free will causes suffering. It causes pain. There's a good book from C.S. Lewis called The Problem with Pain. I'd recommend every Christian read that book. In fact, it's any philosopher, anyone who's interested in philosophy, to read that book. Because the idea that free will, that's very important to not only Americans, but every, every believer, anyone who can, has to understand who God is and what his plan is for humanity has to understand the concept of free will. God's free will and our free will. And the fact that God's sovereignty, that God is Lord over all and that he has a plan for humanity in the universe, and he has set that course in action, yet at the same time, he has limited himself to our free will. In other words, I have the choice if I want to follow God or if I want to follow the enemy. I have the choice where I want to spend eternity, in heaven or in hell. And that's a hard concept to understand with the concept of God's sovereignty. But it's very important because the issue of pain and suffering comes up, and we obviously see that all around us. I once wrote a paper in college about the problem of pain, and I did a little equation. It was that God is love, and love can cause pain. Therefore, God can cause pain. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C type of formula. And I just did that in a post in college, and it opened up a whole can of worms in a hotly debated topic that God can cause pain. What does that mean? Well, think about this in the, the issue of free will. My will is not going to be the same as your will. So if each of us wants to get our will, someone is going to suffer. Now multiply that out by six or seven billion, however many people are on the face of the earth, and we see the problem of pain that arises. And God's will may lead us down a path that causes pain. But is there a purpose in that? And yes, there is, my friends. I'd like to read you a scripture in James. And it's found in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. 
Now, this James is actually Jesus's blood brother, his actual brother. Not the, the first James, the apostle, but this is James, Jesus's brother. And he writes, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let's break that scripture down in the context of our suffering, our will, and God's will. Sometimes when I read scriptures and it's a certain passage or it's a continuation of of multiple thoughts into one bigger thought, I like to read the scripture backwards. Start with what the end is and then go back and see how you can get to that place. If you read the Apostle Paul's epistles, I like to do that with his type of writing because his sentences or you know his sentence might be like 50 words long and he has multiple parts of the sentence and they're all leading to the main conclusion but then you have to kind of go backwards and see well how do I get there so here's God's perfect will for each and every one of us that you and I would be perfect and complete needing nothing now does that mean when we get to heaven obviously yes but then again In this context, with this verse in James, no, it's not when we get to heaven. It's here and now. Because this isn't talking about salvation. Salvation is when we get to heaven, then we get to experience God's fullness and his glory. But this is a result of our endurance and our faith growing. So that's on this earth. We need endurance and faith here on the earth. And so James is saying that we will be... Complete and perfect, needing nothing. That's where I want to be. Is that where you want to be? Do you want to be perfect? Do you want to be complete? And do you want to be in a state where you need nothing? And we could talk about each and every one of those for hours, but let's just take it at face value. That's who I want to be. How do we get to there? We need our endurance to be fully developed. Now, one of my sons was a cross-country runner, a distance runner. He still runs to this day, and he has great endurance. And if I, if I take endurance in the context of a race, that means I can run this race efficiently, without stopping, without getting a cramp, that I can actually be competitive with all those other athletes around me. That's being perfect, complete, and needing nothing. I can fulfill this race on a competitive level, competing for the prize because my endurance is fully developed. So apply that to each and every area of your lives, my relationships, my work life, the hobbies I do, my church, my schooling, my neighbors, your finances, your health whatever it may be in your life, your endurance must become fully developed. That means you persevere through all the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the difficult times, the challenging times, and the great easy times, the joyful times. We have to stay on track through those things. I remember when my son used to run in high school and in college, and sometimes it would be pouring down rain. 
and he'd still have to run. He'd still have to compete for that prize. Sometimes it would be freezing cold. I remember sitting at so many track meets in the springtime. It's crazy weather in Ohio. And I mean, we are bundled up to the gills, blankets on us. We're just completely, and the rain's coming in sideways. It's freezing. Yet all those athletes had to strip down into their little running outfits and compete. And I remember looking at their skin. There was like purple and blue, and there was hardly any circulation in their bodies. Yet they had they had the endurance and the perseverance that they can compete no matter what those difficult situations were. And the coaches that we had at the time were very skilled in training our athletes to run in the hot times to run in the cold times, to be ready in season and out of season. And we continually won championships year after year after year because they were exposed and made to train in all of these harsh environments. So that when the day of reckoning came, the day of opportunity came, each and every one of them were ready because they've already been through it. They've already had to endure the hardships. And so that's what James is saying to us in our lives. Our endurance must be fully developed. But how do you do that? Look the right the words right before there. So let it grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So we can have little endurance or we can have great endurance. We can have weak endurance or strong endurance. It's all up to us if we want that to grow and develop or not. Well, Let's keep reading backwards. How is our endurance given a chance to grow? When our faith is tested. So that means whatever God has spoken to us in our lives. If you're a born-again Christian, that means he's spoken to you and said, you're my child. He's spoken to you and said, Jesus died for your sins and rose again. And you have believed that. You took that as yours personally. He spoke that to you. Your faith now is in that. Maybe he spoke to you about healing. Maybe he spoke to you about relationships. Whatever it may be, however the word of God has spoken to you, you have faith. You have a belief that's from God that latches on to that. Well, I can tell you right now it's going to be tested because everything God says is opposite of what the world says. God says you're his child. The world says God doesn't exist. Therefore, you're not God's child. The world says there's no such thing as heaven or hell. Well, you have a faith that there is a heaven and hell, and you're going one or, to one or the other. The world says, and maybe some even Christians say, God doesn't heal. But God's spoken to you and said, I'm going to heal you. I have this promise that is for you. And so your faith is going to be tested. Well, let's keep reading backwards. That we need to consider an opportunity of great joy. So in other words, we need to take joy in the troubles and then the trials that come our way. Wow. That's the tough part, isn't it? So that when opportunity arises against us, we need to be thankful. We need to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts and let that joy be released and laugh. <laughs> it's an opportunity for my faith to be tested because even though this trouble is coming my way. God has already spoken to me, and I've already built my house on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ and his truth. And this storm shall not shake or break me. Your faith is tested. You're letting the endurance have a chance to grow. You're weathering the storm. 
and that endurance is becoming fully developed. And guess what, my friend? You're becoming perfect. You are being completed. And what else do you need? What else do you need than to have your life anchored in the hope of the Lord Jesus? To have your ears tuned in to the very voice of the Spirit of God. To have your life founded on the principles that created the universe. And even when this universe is folded up like an old garment and put away and there's all things new, those principles will stand forever and ever. And you can build your life. You can renew your mind to those principles. You can start believing things that you never knew you could believe before. And all the lies and deception and hurts and pains that were planted into your life from maybe before you were born, those can be defeated and washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you're his child. He loves you. And so that's some of the suffering that we have to deal with. Because everything I just said is not easy. When my son ran, it was not easy to get up every day and run five, ten, or more miles every day. It wasn't easy to go run and then jump into the weight room and beat your body down and stretch for an hour and to do that day in and day out with all the other adversities. He had schoolwork to do. On top of all that, it wasn't easy. But when you find something you love, when you have a passion in your heart and a driving force, you can do those things and embrace those things with joy. You enjoy the process. Well, that's what God wants for us. Not only does he want us perfect and complete, needing nothing, but he wants us to enjoy the process of getting there. That's where the joy of the Lord comes in. He actually gives us the very ability to be happy through all these things. Remember, he placed us in this world this world that is full of sin, that is full of the curse. And he called us his little garden of Eden that he has planted. He's planted me and he's planted you. And he's commanded us to grow, to go forth and make that garden become a reality in our lives and in the communities around us and wherever we go. And that's not an easy thing because there's constant weeds, there's constant terrible weather, it's not conducive for a garden, but guess what the secret is? God is our source. He's our gardener. He gives us the rain in due season. We're going to be like a tree that's planted by a stream of water, and that water never dries up. And we bear fruit in season and even out of season because we're so healthy in the Lord. That's God's will for us. That's his will for you and for me and all of his children. But sometimes it's not instantaneous. In fact, most of the time it's not. But we have to trust in the Lord. And so I'd just encourage you today to dive into these scriptures that talk about the glory that awaits us after we've endured. Dive into the scriptures that talk about faith, that talk about God's promises to you that talk about having endurance and running a, a race to win, not just to get exercise, but actually trying to win the race that is set before you. 
I don't know about you, but I'm tired of just going through motions. I want to compete. I want to win the prize. When I get in front of my Heavenly Father, when I see the Lord Jesus face to face, I want to hear, well done. Not, well, you're done. There's a difference. I want to win the prize. So run that race that's set before you today with endurance, knowing God's will for you, knowing that it won't be easy, but in the process, there is great joy because your joy comes from the Lord. Now go be the church in your world today. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so that you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become a part of this church family movement.